Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey everyone. Hey people, welcome back. Welcome to Mentoring for the Modern Musician podcast. M3 artist. We are, we are here very excited. Very excited. Oh, cannot wait you're for gonna, this interview. You're going to love this interview. Yep. This is uh, with Grammy and Latin Grammy winning producer, engineer, songwriter, teacher, teacher, educator, educator, all around great guy. Did I say musician? Because he's a musician. He's too. a musician like as monster well. musician. Yeah. Uh, Juan Cristobal Losada. Mr. Sonic. That's right. Better known as Mr. Sonic. Very excited. Uh, and so the interview, we actually did the interview at his studio in New York City. At Peer, at the Peer Music. Peer Music um, offices. He's got a studio called the Sonic Room. Of course. Where you can of check out. Of course it's called the Sonic he, Room. And he does production and mixing and all kinds of cool stuff there. Yeah. So it's super exciting interview. Um, and we also want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks everybody um, who's been listening to the podcast. And and thanks for those of you who've taken the time to, to do some reviews and to pass it on and to absolutely, and let your friends know and any you know if musicians know. Absolutely. If you're enjoying what's going on, which we ho- certainly hope you are, that would be the best. Yeah. Feel free to s- share thing. it on your socials. You share know, it we on your love so- that. Tell your friends about it. Leave a review so, so we can get the word out and, and help uh, musicians. Uh, in the modern yeah. world, and, and uh, in the modern, in world. the modern world, and uh, and don't forget to uh, to visit our our website. The website on the www <laughs> on the interwebs. Do people still need to say that? Remember that hey, the HTTP. I know HTTP www dot. I'm like, look, guys. Everybody knows. You know, if you right. just go to the Google, <laughs> go to the Google and type in whatever. Go to the Google and type in M3 artist, uh, and it will or bring you there. Or mentoring for the modern musician. Mentoring for the modern. You know Or. or Sharf Brothers. I think it's actually the Sharf Brothers. The Sharf Brothers. I, I think, think you just do Sharf Brothers, and it'll take you. No, there. you're right. Sharf Brothers. It would yeah. just take you. It'll so take come, you. come peruse the page. We've got some new content up there, some free stuff to download and exactly. pass along. And so, but for now, buckle Buck, in. I was just going to say, that's right. Buckle in. This is a good one. It's a good one. Enjoy this. Uh, Mentoring for the Modern Musician. This is Mr. Sonic. So, welcome to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Thank you so much. We have with us today, we are actually, we don't have with us. We are with. We are with. <laughs> in the Sonic Room, Mr. Sonic. Yes. Juan Cristobal Losada. Correct. And uh, we're super excited to have you on the podcast today, man. We really, we really Couldn't appreciate be more excited. you. I'm excited to to have you guys here <laughs> in the Sonic Room, visiting in New York. I know you guys took a long trip from Boston, you know, yeah, in the yeah. middle of the cold and the winter. And uh, We did, yeah. It's we, all... braved the, uh, we braved the traffic on the Hudson Parkway. Exactly. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, you guys drove. We did. We did. Yeah, oh, drove I thought in. you guys yeah. drove. No, no, no. We drove in. the train. No? No train. Drove in. No train. You see, that's the modern musician right that's there. That's right. You know, on the road. Exactly. On the road. Exactly. And it's Tuesday. We used to joke all the time that it was always Tuesday on the road. Whenever we, you're on the road, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? Just get in the van. We had uh, a bass player that used to say that. He'd say, we'd go, hey, what, what day is it? He'd say, shut up, it's Tuesday, get in the van. Yeah, get in the van and shut up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I always say that Mondays are Musician Sunday, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Monday, Monday is the day that we're chilling Monday's after working all weekend. Exactly. You know? exactly. Everybody's going back to work and we're... Back to bed. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. Absolutely. So the Tuesday we can drive somewhere. Yeah. So. <laughs> but not so much anymore when when you get to hang out in a studio like this. This is yeah. this is a beautiful, oh, beautiful thank spot. You guys. Thank so you. I, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. But you moved here. You moved your operation here from Miami. Yes. A, just about a year ago, right? A year and a week ago. Okay. Yes. Right. Perfect. April April eighth, twenty seventeen. I moved up to New York. That is so so great. which came first? Did the NYU job come first or did peer uh peer music want you to start a new room for them up here first what or did it happen at the same time well you know it was all unplanned you know um I, I, wanted, I wanted to move to New York for a while, you know. I was in Miami for 17 years, and uh, Miami was great to me. You know, I had my own studio since 2003, right. and uh, I bought my first SSL console in 2006. Um, so, yeah, in Miami, as you guys know, I had the opportunity to work in lots of beautiful projects. And uh, it was just a wild decision, you know. I, yeah. I just wanted to uh, switch it up. And... Um, 
So, of course, being with Peer Music, I had my partnership with Peer Music in Miami for almost 10 years already. Wow. Right. And uh, so when my decision came uh, to move up to New York, uh, then we started a conversation with Peer Music. You know, we have we have a office space available for you up there if you if you want to expand our partnership. The partnership in Miami has been a success. We've done many songwriting camps uh, for Victor Manuel, uh, for BMI, for ASCAP, for CSAC, for the three major PROs. Yeah. We have done uh, songwriting camps, uh, so that was a success. Plus, uh, you know, for a publishing company having a state-of-the-art studio, Absolutely. it's a big plus for okay. prospective writers. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, as you know, Peer Music is an independent; uh, is the biggest independent uh, music publishing company in the world. Yeah. Uh, but it's a company that is very focused on creativity and uh, not only administration and collecting, which is what most uh, publishing companies do. Of course, uh, of course, Peer Music does that too. But also, they push the creative side. Of things you right. know by doing some writing camps yeah, by creating yeah. collaborations so when the moment uh, came for me to come up to New York, uh, we started a conversation with Pure Music, like, so why don't we expand our partnership uh, that we had in Miami for 10 years, uh, why don't we take that now to the next level and take it to New York? Uh, of course, Peer Music uh, here in New York, it's not a creative office, you know, it's more administration, right. royalties, right. and legal. So, but at the same time, you wonder, New York is the, it should be the creative hub, you Absolutely. know, global, it's a global yeah, yeah, yeah. creative hub, you right, know. Right. Well, like so, we were talking about off air, there is there is just so much culture from all over the world. From all over the world, yeah. right? You know, so, if you, yeah. If you want to record some tablas from India, you know, <laughs> and yeah. at the yeah. same time a balalaika from Russia and uh, yeah. a didgeridoo from Australia, uh, I think New York is the only place in the world where you can find all of these instruments at the same time, at any time. Right. Yes. You know? Not like I'm working on any production that involves a didgeridoo with a balalaika. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not saying yet. that. But not yet. If, not yet. It's like ruling it out but no I'm not ruled out <laughs> and but if we decided to go that way New York is the only place where we could find all of this uh, diversity of yeah. cultures and yeah. music you know at any time Absolutely. and at any point uh, and um, so uh, the idea was then for us to create a, a creative suite, let's say, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in which I could uh, facilitate for peer music uh, the tech and creative aspect for them to keep developing their writers and also the, their catalog. You know, as you know, peer music has a huge catalog yeah, yeah. and more than 500,000 songs. It's a company that has 90 years and includes from Georgia on my mind to Mambo Number no. Five right, to right, right. Umbrella by. Rick Rihanna yeah. to you know Jason Aldean's new album. Most of it is all pure music writers. So uh, we decided to to take a chance and, and open up this studio uh, together here in New York uh, to continue that uh, uh, push for creativity. You know, yeah. push yeah. for new talent and push for uh, new songs. You know, uh, it's all about the song when it comes oh. to publishing. You know, Always uh, yeah. when it comes to music in general. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we're very excited to be here, and uh, it's been uh, just a year. The studio we just opened a few months ago. You know, I just received the new console. I think it was October, oh. maybe okay. October, maybe November. I think it was November before I went to the uh, to the Latin Grammys. Uh, so we're super excited. You know, and now we're now that we landed, yeah. now we're you know putting the claws in after right. landing, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, trying to keep moving forward and keep yeah. pushing music and new talent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, that's great. So, just for anybody who doesn't already know, what uh, you you mentioned, um, music camp, songwriter uh, collaboratives. Would you mind just ex um, elaborating on that a little bit about what that's like? Yeah, of course. A lot yeah. of people don't know that that happens. Well, so let's say uh, we get a call from Sony Music and they say such and such artist is looking for songs, you yeah. know? So the traditional way of doing it is you call all your writers and you have your writers send the songs and then you submit the songs to Sony Music for them to select uh, which songs they like for this upcoming project. So what we've been doing the last few years is that instead of doing that, we try to bring the artist in the studio and we bring different writers from all over the world uh, to collaborate uh, on, on the writing process. No? Yeah. So what we do is, let's say we bring seven, ten writers, uh, whatever number it is. So then we divide in different groups. You know, We have groups of two or three writers in different rooms. 
let's say I'm here with two more riders in this room, then the room next door has another group of three riders, and in another room we set up other three riders. So, but the artist is in the studio, so the artist is okay. rotating between these three groups, you know? Yeah. The artist spends a couple of hours here with me, and he says, oh, I like this idea, okay, why don't you add this, okay, let's write a song about this, this and that, and then I, I work on that while the artist jumps to, to the next room, room and, and then gives the her thing. gives his insight or her insight uh, to this group and say, okay, I want a song like this, why don't you guys write me a ballad, let's say, and um, I want to talk about this, this and that. So the second group's still working on that song. The artist goes to another room gotcha. and gives her, uh, his or her input on what kind of song he's looking for. And then you have three groups simultaneously uh, working on different songs for the artist. The artist is already involved because the artist is approving and giving ideas right, right, on right, what right. the songs are going to be instead of us flying right. blind and yeah. sending songs. And just sending a batch Sending of songs. a batch of yeah. 50 songs that right, no one's right. going to listen to. Right. You know? So there's... there's no, uh, that's not fair. They'll probably listen to the first 10 seconds. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, on, probably, probably they will, you know, maybe the intro. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, uh, so the idea, of course, is to, to tailor the songs for the artist, you know, uh, right. do songs that are in tune with the moment that, that the artist is living, right. uh, both personally and professionally, yeah. because at least in my case before I start writing a song for, a, for an artist I sit down with the artist have a, grab a cup of coffee or grab a beer and then start talking what are you up to what's going on in your life oh I just broke up with my boyfriend and I'm going through this and my boyfriend told me this and that and then all of that starts giving me right. ammunition uh, for uh, it's uh, writing material you know yeah, yeah. and uh, oh, oh my mom is going through the situation oh I just had to leave my country because such and such so all of this information I start processing right, you know right, and right. I turn this into a song you know so what happens is that the artist is already a part of the song of course, the artist is involved in the writing process. So on the business perspective, the artist already has a percentage in each song as a writer. And uh, from the uh, creative perspective, the artist is already involved and uh, likes the lyrics, likes the concept because he's being present from the inception right. of the right. song, you know? Gives them more ownership. Yes, uh, both as a business and creativity. Yeah. So we do this for two or three days. And then at the end of this uh, journey, the artist comes out of here with 12 songs, for example, 15 songs. Not all the songs make it to the album, right. but you have a good percentage, maybe five songs make it to the album, three songs make it to the album. Yeah. And uh, already the artist is involved, so the artist is gonna go to the label and defend these songs, you know, and right. say, hey, this is the song I like. I like it because of the lyrics. I like it because of the beat. I asked Juan Cristobal to work on this kind of beat for the, for the song. Right. So. Instead of me being in a position that I have to deal with the A&Rs and right. the companies and be like, hey, man, this is my song. Right. The right. artist really likes it. You right. know, the artist does. The artist part. takes or care Or the of it management because does their part. Because they were at, as you mentioned, that they're in it from the inception. Yes. So and they that, feel that they're already excited about yes. bringing it to life. And they, yes. they have a stake in it. They, they have ownership and, and passion and, and yes. they're excited yeah. about They've it. They've been part of the process. They came to the studio. They were here. And not only that, but also... There is the vibe side of things, you yeah, know. When absolutely. the artist, when when as a songwriter, you are in a position that you can vibe with the artists, yeah. it opens up a whole new field of uh, creativity and of uh, personal connection, you know, with the artist. Right, you know, right. so even if the song doesn't make it to the album, you stay in contact with the artist, and maybe the artist will call you two weeks later. Hey, you remember that idea we spoke about in the studio that we never worked on? Why don't we revisit that let's, idea? Let's revisit that. Let's yes. revisit that, and so you create that personal connection with the artist which I think it's a key element when we're talking about music you know music is Absolutely. not can be prefabricated right. and uh, and also the other side of things is that artists are more in control now you know oh, yeah. in the old days the A&R or the executives would make the decision but now the artist is in control you know the artist yeah. Uh, the artist is the one that has to be doing his own social media. The artist is the one that goes on tour. So the artist has more of a saying now on which songs he wants to uh, uh, get into the, into the project. Especially, you know, the bigger the artist, you know, the more control the artist has. Right, you know, right. sure. Uh, A and Rs. Uh, some of them still do the A and R work, but some of them 
are working more in logistics than actually creativity, you yeah, know? Right. Either approving or disapproving what the artist brings, but the artist is the one that proposes, you know? So, again, I think it's a, it's a wonderful scenario for us as a publishing company, also for Peer Music. It's great because we are developing actual songs that have a meaning and have a content. It's not only uh, about having a you know, a trunk full of songs, <laughs> right. you know, and just send out uh, <laughs> yeah. a hundred songs, you know, right, right, right. and even be heard, you know. So right. it's more about the craftsmanship, you know. It's yeah. about the handcrafted song, Absolutely. tailored, tailored yeah. for a specific for that project. specific project. For that specific project, for that specific market. Uh, let's say the artist now wants to do a ballad album or the artist wants to do an urban album. So then you adapt and you... Uh, you morph yourself into what the artist is looking for instead Absolutely. of trying to have the artist morph to the, your into style of writing. Yes. You know? So uh, that, of course, is the, it brings the challenge as a songwriter that you need to to switch, you know, like the old TVs that you need to clack, yeah, clack, yeah, clack, yeah, clack. Yeah, yeah, right, you need, right. to, need to switch. So in your brain and in your heart as a songwriter and as a producer, you also have to clack, 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 switch and yeah. then be like, okay, this is this is this is my style today. This is right. the style <laughs> right. that I'm gonna work on right. today, you know. And it's a challenge, but also it's a it's a learning experience and it's uh, enriching, you know, because yeah. it just opens opens the door for new influences and uh, of course it, sometimes it gets you out of your comfort zone. Right. And when you get when you're out of your comfort zone, that's when you're growing, you know. Absolutely. That's the only moment where you can grow when you're out of your comfort zone. Well, and some real creativity can then take place. It's yes. not you're not falling back on tricks that you've used in the past, you're pushing the envelope and yeah. looking for a new way to get at it. Yes. And because you have access to the artist immediately right there, you, I would imagine you'd be feel f more free to take some chances yeah. because you know immediately if it's something they immediately like or something the they artist, don't. Yeah. is going to be here in 10 minutes, you know, after right. lunch or whatever. Right, so right. what do you think of this idea? Oh, yeah, but why don't you mute that maraca for a second and uh, why don't you replace that with a kick drum and, and then you have the opportunity right. to craft the song uh, taken by the hand with the artist, yeah, you know, right. instead of you flying blind and be like, okay, let me wait two months until they right. respond, and then the artist is on tour, and uh, a and maybe you right. you don't have a relationship with the label, right. which is it, it is a. Uh, it happens a lot, you know, you don't have a relationship with the A&R or with the executives at the label, so you have to wait three months, six months for a response to come in, and by the time the response come in, the album is already out, and you're like, oh, what happened? What? You know, right, I, I right, thought you right. liked my song. Right. Yeah, we liked it, but, eh, you know, something else happened. You know? Right. So, so then you're like, oh, you know. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to craft songs, and uh, specifically for the artist, you know. Well, I love the, the way that that sounds, because it really is, like everything else in the industry, it, it, you're talking about it being based on relationships. Mm -hmm. You have right. a relationship with the artist. You and the artist have a relationship with that song, yeah. which, which is so yeah. much more creative and real yes. and, and earnest and yeah. Like like all of authentic. the other authentic, authentic. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's organic. Yeah, it's yeah, a more yeah. organic process, and uh, and the results are also, uh, you know, results. You you can feel it in the result. You know, it, it, the artist feels happy when they're recording, and the artist feels happy when they're on stage singing that song because it's not a song that was imposed right. to them. Right. It's a song that they helped develop. Even if the if the artist is not a songwriter per, a songwriter per se. You know, but the right. artist has creative input in with the process. So right. when the artist has to go to interviews or has to go on stage in front of a whole stadium, they they put that flag in front and yes. they are like, this is me, you know, with my team behind. Yes. Right. But this is something that I would feel comfortable representing and performing. Absolutely. Well, giving giving somebody ownership of the art that they're that they are creating is going to make them yeah. more invested yeah. give it a better give it more authenticity more you know bring more pr to the the process yes, well and i know that the, the, in the country world they've been doing that for a long time yeah. where where artists aren't necessarily a writer but they want to be writing the songs mm -hmm. so they get together with some writers and talk about what's going on in their life and what they'd like to sing about and and are involved then in the creative process yeah. and like you said you can really hear it when they're singing it you can really hear yeah. in their the vibiness about yeah, it. So yeah, yeah, totally. That's yeah. great. Well, I like the other thing that I like that you that you touched on was having them here to give feedback on the production 
side of it, it immediately is such a difference mm. than trying to communicate a month later, two months later, three months later, that they can't even often tell you what it is that's not sort of working for them at that moment. But if they're here with you, they can say, you know, maybe we could just turn the maraca down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe we could yeah. just right. write uh, a little more timbali here, right? Uh, can we try four on the floor, right? That kind of thing. Whereas it, it, months later, when they're listening on their own, it gets diluted, you know. Yeah, it gets, yeah. it gets like lost in translation. Right. And, lost and, in translation is a perfect way. And it, it loses the uh, the momentum, you know. Yeah. It loses the momentum, and then you as a songwriter also lose the excitement, and the artist also right. loses the excitement. Right. So, so having the artist at the right moment and the right place, uh, it really makes a difference. I right? love that. It really makes a difference. I love that. Thank, that's that's perfect. That's yeah. I didn't know we were going to go down that road. But, I no. But I, 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 I know that. that that's something that a lot of people that. Is, is more frequent now in the industry, and I don't think that a lot of songwriters know about that yet. And I don't think that a lot of artists know that that's something to expect yeah. um, or that they can ask for when they're going down their you know yeah. their path. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. And, and sometimes when the artist is not able to make it to the studio, we do a lot of Skype sessions, you know? Definitely. And uh, nice. it's a little... Uh, more virtual, you yeah, know? absolutely. Right, right. But it gives you at least the real-time feedback. Yeah, you know? it gives you the real-time feedback and the face-to-face -face connection. You know, they say that sometimes a face expression could say way more than absolutely. a bunch of words. You know, yes, right, right. Or when you see the artist dancing, you know, you're like, yeah. okay, we're up okay. to something. All right, no, exactly, okay, right, okay, right, yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. The artist doesn't tell me is not telling me that he's happy, but I can see, but I can see like, it. They're moving. You know, yeah, they're right. moving. So, so they're moving. So there's something, something here to, <laughs> exactly, to be said. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love yeah. That. <laughs> that's perfect. All right, so that makes me want to back up a little bit and and talk to you about so growing up in Venezuela. Yeah. At, at what age do you pick up your first instrument or hear your first song Yeah, or what was your what, what was your intro to What to, was it that went what this got, is what, what got I, you? This is what I got to do. Well, you know, first of all, I've never made a penny that is not from music. You know, I've always been in music. And okay. uh, when That's I was me. in first grade in elementary school, I played the violin. I did violin for four years. That's my first instrument, yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Suzuki, you know. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. You got it. So I did that for four years. And uh, after that, simultaneously, I was also uh, playing the cuatro, which is the Venezuelan folkloric instrument. It's like a little guitar yeah. with four strings. And uh, I did that for a few years, too. When I was a teenager, I had my own band in Venezuela. It was like a rock, funk, psychedelic band. I was the drummer for that band. So I started drums and percussion. That's like oh, my wow. main instrument at this point. Okay. It is? Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, I don't, I don't perform anymore. Unless well, we've well, we've seen you play keyboards. Yes, a little we bit. With, with, uh, who were you with? Uh, two years ago, Latin. Two years ago at the, at the Latin Billboard. Latin Billboards. It was a project that you had just... Oh, with uh, Christian Pagan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Christian Pagan, yes. yes. exactly. Yes. Uh, I produced some of his songs, actually, with him. Uh, we wrote uh, five songs for his album. We wrote five songs together. He was with Universal at that point, and uh, he was the uh, winner of uh, Idol Puerto Rico. Okay. Okay. So okay. That, that's his background. So gotcha. I had the opportunity to work with him. Uh, I produced and wrote, uh, co-wrote five songs for his album. And uh, yeah, but uh, going back to that story, yeah. I had my band in Venezuela. So I was a teenager. Uh, we did lots of tours, lots of radio. Uh, it was a... Uh, it, part of that generation of uh, up-and-coming bands of Venezuela mm -hmm. in, the, in the early 90s. So I was drummer and, and uh, percussionist for that band. At the same time, I was co-producing with my friends all the tracks. And uh, this is a story that I always tell on how I started uh, with the recording. You know, we were rehearsing. Uh, we used to rehearse at, at the basement in my house, at my, my, my parents' house. Um, but uh, my dad is an intellectual guy. He's a book writer. He's a, oh, so, nice. so the whole basement was covered, uh, covered uh, in books. You know, the four walls, it was maybe twice the size of this space. All the walls were covered with books. So it, it had great, great, great acoustics. Acoustics, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great acoustics. Yeah, absolutely. Great acoustics, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we would be rehearsing, and I had a little tape recording machine. And uh, let's play the song, but first let me put this tape recording machine here. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, let's do it. Finish the song, then come back, grab the machine, listen to it. 
and then okay okay let me then do this little break on the drums what if we do on the bass when I do this here we so do you this part then and what do you think the guitar solo you hear this part here maybe we can start so it was all a discussion with my friends you know but I was kind of like taking the lead in the recording mm -hmm. and critique yeah, uh, process yeah. uh, my friends uh, we were all like oh let's just smoke and let's just drink and let's <laughs> rehearse and I'm like yeah let's do that let's do that but also yeah. let's have some direction but also let's do it with some direction you yeah. know and let's yeah. do that but also let's record and critique so we do, we, we do one pass of the song we listen work on arrangements together before we play the song again now let me let me put the little tape recording machine in a different place in the room you know and then <laughs> that wasn't the only way for me to try to capture a better uh, sound absolutely you know? moving the recorder moving from the place recorder place. from place to place oh, in the I room so then at that point I said like you know uh, I like capturing sound yeah. you know that's how I discovered that I was really interested in capturing sound so of course like just a little machine, mm -hmm. not as modern as this one that we right. have here. You know, <laughs> right, right, this right, one right. looks like a little transformer. Kind <laughs> well, of thing. Like if, if you had had one of these, I think we could find tapes of that band. Oh, probably. Do, do you know what I mean? That would, that would be on the internet. I do have tapes, though. Do you do? Oh, yes, I do oh. have tapes. And there's a couple of things on YouTube and everything that I can okay, play. Okay, you got to send me some brilliant. links, please. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah, check yeah. them out later. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> we'll check them out. <clears throat> So at that moment, I, uh, I uh, discovered that I was really interested in the critiquing process mm -hmm. and recording process. I didn't know it was production and recording. Right. Yeah, right. I was right. just, yeah. I was You're a teenager, just, and right. I, I'm you know making music with my just friends. Just trying to make it better. And uh, at that point, I was going to college uh, for journalism. I did two years of journalism, and I did two years of economy. Uh, wow. But uh, always I was in class and I was just thinking of rehearsals. Uh, and when I was doing economy, I was part of the jazz band in the, at the school mm -hmm. in the Universidad Central de Venezuela. Um, so at, that, at one point, I'm like, you know what, this is great, but I'm here in class and I'm just thinking about going to do my rehearsals and I'm thinking about music and recording. Right. So at some point, I had to put my pants on and talk to my mom and be like, Mom... I don't think I want to continue doing this journalism thing. <laughs> I was I was really good at journalism though because uh, uh, because of the writing, you know, and all of that helped me a lot uh, with my writing skills oh, today. Sure. You know, oh, yeah. all the yeah, writing, yeah. the creative side, the structure, sentences, Structure. all of that yeah. stuff. Uh, writing and rewriting yeah, and editing. And yeah, that really helped me, but it was not my thing one hundred percent. Yeah. I wanted to do that as part of something bigger. Uh, so that something bigger was music and production. So at that point, I had to sit down and talk to my parents, you know, and be like, <laughs> hey, guys, so, you know, so, so, so. So it's like this. So this is how it's going to go. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to Taller de Arte Sonoro in Caracas, Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And uh, I studied audio engineering over there. And I graduated, I think it was 97. And uh, before I graduated, I had my own uh, PA company. I was doing shows and live okay. sound. And before I got into the studio world, that's what I used to do a lot, live sound. I used to be sound engineer for a big salsa orchestra in Venezuela called Los Adolescentes. Oh, and nice. uh, I also was sound engineer for uh, Caramelos de Cianuro, which is a Venezuelan rock band. So I was touring with them all the time. And then... In the year 2000, I decided to move to the United States. Uh, my wife at that point was pregnant with our first kid. So things in Venezuela were getting really crazy with the violence and the politics and, yeah, yeah. and all of this stuff. So I'm like, you know what? We should get out of here. So uh, we decided to go to... Uh, Orlando, so I could go to Full Sail. Yeah. And uh, in Full Sail, I just took a few classes. I took advanced recording and advanced show production. Even though I graduated in Venezuela, and uh, the, the school was great, you know, I owe mm -hmm. so much to that school, Taller de Arte Sonora, big shout out to El Mar Leal in Caracas. Uh, but, you know, there was no SSL consoles in Venezuela. There was no right. NIP consoles in Venezuela. Right. Right. So for me to be able to compete in the market in the U.S., I needed to kind of like upgrade yeah. to that level, you know. So I went to Full Sail and I took advanced recording so I could learn how to use the the 9000J console, the NIP VR, and uh, the large format consoles that we didn't have mm -hmm. in Venezuela at that sure. point. So after I finished in Full Sail in 2001, um, my original plan was to move to New York. 
and uh, or oh, to LA. Wow. Okay. Oh, to LA. That was where I wanted to go to, to for music. Yeah, yeah. But you know, being bilingual, being Latino. Oh yeah. I had a bunch of offers in I Miami. bet you did. Right. I did like 12 interviews, including the Hit Factory, Studio Center, wow. uh, South Beach Studios. You know, I interviewed with everybody, and I had actually four offers after that. And I ended up working at the Gallery Recording Studio. The Gallery is a studio that uh, was in uh, the Miami area, you okay. know, where the uh, airport in Miami okay, right. is. It was uh, kind of like an underground studio, but they had an SSL 4000, and it was the second biggest room after the Heat Factory. Okay, so I had okay. an opportunity there to work with uh, big string sessions, what? big jazz ensembles, you know, yeah. up to 40 musicians, wow. uh, live recording, you wow. know. So that really got my chops up yeah. as a recording engineer, oh, you yeah. know. Uh, in that studio, I had the opportunity to work in uh, the the project for Jaco Pastorius, the wor Word of Mouth Revisited yeah. for Jaco. And uh, I also wow. had the opportunity to work on Santana's album, Shaman. Uh, okay. And uh, so after that, in the year 2003, I met Jose Jose. Uh, you know, Jose Jose is a major uh, Mexican recording yeah, artist, yeah, you yeah. know, millions and millions yes, and millions yes. of copies sold around the world. So I was working with him, uh, doing some recording. At that point, we were recording at Crescent Moon at Emilio Estefan studio. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. uh, I was honored and thrilled of working with Jose Jose, you know. So, right, right. so when the moment comes to for me to give him the invoice, you know, he's like, Juanito, how much do I owe you? And this and that. I'm like, Maestro, for me, it's such an honor to work with you uh, that I consider myself paid just by working with you, you know. So few months later he needed to do more sessions and uh, I, I was having trouble with my visa you know so uh, I told Maestro I'm having problems with my visa I think I'm gonna have to go to Venezuela and seal my passport and uh, maybe I'll come back and he's like no 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 you've been great with us and we really like working with you so I'm gonna offer you uh, an exclusive contract as my engineer and producer uh, so he gave me a contract and through that contract I was able to get my O-1 visa, okay. which wow. is the extraordinary ability yeah, visa, yes. the one they give to the to athletes and musicians. Yeah. It's not like I have any extraordinary ability, <laughs> but it seems like immigration well, saw that in me. You know? I'm, so, thinking, I'm thinking that the Grammys yeah. up here would I, disagree I may, with I was you say, on I the extraordinary. With the extraordinary. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, just think, saying, I you know? think the Grammys might tell a different story. I think story. that was I'm an appropriate just, use uh, of that visa. I, I think it's completely <laughs> appropriate. We're very grateful that they use that one. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. So, I uh, after that, you know, of course, Jose Jose was like my mentor and my godfather here. He I got like me my yeah. O-1 visa. And I always tell the story, you know, my passport used to say Jose Jose Incorporated, you know. So okay. as a Latino, you know, when you're coming through the airport, you know. When you're coming through the airport in Miami, you have a big chance that a Latino is going to be the immigration oh, officer, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you first show up, you know, what are you doing here? Right. For how long are you going to stay here? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I live here. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Well, I work in music. Oh, yeah, music, right. Yeah, whatever. Let me see your passport. And then, Jose Jose? <laughs> you work you work with Jose Jose? And then it everything changes. Everything. changes right. you know? yes. Everything changes. And it happened a couple of times that actually the immigration officer got out of the booth to take a selfie with me, you know, just because my past. Oh, hey, hey, he worked with Jose Jose. Come say hi. Yeah, can you take a picture of us? So everything changed uh, sure. after having the uh, after having the opportunity of being under Jose Jose's umbrella, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, my love to him and to his family always, uh, to Sarita, his daughter, and yeah. to, to Jose, mi padrino, you know, besos from New York City. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's I fantastic. That. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. A, I, love I, just lo story. I love that, that, that what you discovered early on, that your love for sound, not just music, but for perfecting music, and through sound and through production that led you to the, down this path and that you that you resisted the temptation to not do mm -hmm. music that you tried I and tried. went right, and right. just went I can't I, can't. I just can't. can't I mean I 
didn't actually try because I was doing journalism and economy, but I was always rehearsing, always, right, right, right. always. Yeah. Hey guys, you know what time we meeting tonight at home? Right. What time we right. gonna rehearse? Yeah, we have to do this project for school. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What we'll time are we to gonna rehearse? We'll, we'll, we'll get, get to that. that you know, right. but right. when are we gonna rehearse? You yeah. know, I remember this song we're working on? Yeah. La la la. Oh, we have a show. When's the sound check? I was always on top of that. You know, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't actually try. I well, was just faking it. So that's. <laughs> going through the motions yeah, yeah so, going through the process yeah right. so that's how you know I mean that and that's when we talk to our artists uh, uh, whenever somebody talks to us about how do I know you go you know yeah. you know and right. if you can't do anything else if this is what you are who you are right and we'll very often tell people if you can do something else do it yeah Dude, it. it's a much straighter path. It's a much, you know, you want to be a lawyer, go to law school. Be yeah, really but you're going to be very unhappy because you're going to be right. at a trial just thinking about music, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it won't be such a smooth path. Absolutely. No, right, right. But again, it's the kind of, it is the kind of passion that allows you to work with someone like Jose Jose and say, you don't owe me anything. Yeah, I feel uh, like I got paid, and, yeah. I, and I needed the money, and though. Of course you did. And of course, and of course, he did pay me some of it. Yeah, of you know, course he did. of course right. he did pay me. Of and, course you he know, did. But but uh, to me, it's like, you know, I mean, I grew up listening to your music, and now right. I'm here in the studio with you, and right. I'm like, that that there's no money in the world that can buy that. Right, and know? of course you so, needed the money. You're a musician, of course. And, and I was. <laughs> it was the year 2002. You know, I was just here in the states, just getting started. You know, yeah, yeah. didn't even have a visa. You know, as I'm telling right. you, I was with a tourist visa, like extensions back and forth, right, and extending right, right. this. Right. Yeah, you know, we all uh, know that process how it goes. You know, until so until someone shows up in your path. You know. And, and you know, it paves the way for you to continue to grow. You know, right? And and what I lo again, what I love about that is you follow this path, and you stay positive, and you keep working, and you keep learning, and you keep that. I mean, that was the other part that I loved about it is that you that yeah, you already had this education in sound, but you realized yeah, that's not going to be quite enough. Yeah. So it is the work. It is that you do need to keep learning, and I'm sure you're still. Doing it well, you got a brand new board right here. That, yes. that right. is right. I mean, right, right, right. Yes. So never it stops. Yeah, yeah never it stop doesn't growing. stop. It right, doesn't stop. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be updates to whatever. What do you record on Pro Tools or Pro Tools? Yeah. yeah. So there's always going to be a new update, and there's going to yeah, be. I hate it. And they change your bus. <laughs> and why are my bus paths different? Yeah, what is that? Why does it look different? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and uh, uh, a lot of people using Ableton, Logic, all of these, and I know these are great softwares to work on. But I'm like, come on, man. I just, I'm trying to stay in right. one platform. Yeah. I do everything in Pro Tools. MIDI, yep. Uh, yep. programming, songwriting, mixing, yep. editing, everything so in Pro Tools. Yep. Everything in Pro Tools. Even though the MIDI, on, in the old days, the MIDI wasn't as friendly as it is now in Pro right. Tools. Oh, yeah. But now, you know, you can handle MIDI as if it was audio, you know. You can right. just yeah. copy, transpose, yeah. quantize. Yep. So, in my sessions, you know, as you guys know, I'm writing a song and uh, I'm working on the beat, but then the artist comes in and records the demo vocals for it. So at the same time that I have my MIDI channels running, I'm uh, melodying a vocal or editing a vocal yes. yep. without me having to go back and forth with, between different platforms. And yeah. I have my soft synths open, my contact library is open. Right. Yep. I even use Reason in the background of Pro Tools and I connect it to, through Rewire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, some people tell me, why do you use Reason? You know, that's like the cheapest thing that you could use and I'm like well to me it's and and being honest a lot of my productions have factory sounds from from recent well, the it's, factory sounds and reason are amazing first of all they're they're, they're amazing and second of all it's not about the sound it's about what you do with that sound Absolutely. you know uh, because yes you all of us can have even if you tell me I'm using the most sophisticated library I can go and buy the same library you right. know? Right. even right. if it is the most right. expensive is yeah. the most sophisticated so it's not unique. It's something that anybody right. could have access to. Right. So, what do I? What am I gonna do with that sound after I print it in Pro Tools? Or what are the sounds I'm gonna combine and layer that one with yeah. a, in order to create a unique sound? Right. You know. Absolutely. So, and you know, all of us can go to Guitar Center and buy Stylos or buy <laughs> right, Reason right, or right, buy right. Logic. Yeah. Logic uh, factory sounds are great. To phenomenal. Phenomenal. Right. Yeah. So. 
yeah, it's a factory sound, but what are you going to do with it? It's the same thing as you tell me, oh, I got this Taylor guitar. Yeah, there, there's a thousand Taylor guitars right. out there. It's what you do with it. Absolutely. Uh, what's going to make there's, the difference? Yeah, there's know? a million guitar players. There's a million guitar players. It's, which guitar player? None of them sounds the same. Exactly. You know? So what am I, what am I going to do with that factory sound? How am I going to process it? How am I going to compress that kick right. drum? How am uh, I going to change the pitch? I, How am I going to layer I, it? I love that. I love you describing a DAW. Uh -huh. As an instrument, uh -huh. yeah. it really yeah. is like yeah. so. Logic is like a tailor, and and Pro Tools is the Martin, and and Reason is is an Ibanezer. You know what I mean? I yeah. didn't it is, notice that. It, it, it is <laughs> like that, and each different DAW is like playing a different axe. Yes, yeah. where it's the same. Yeah. You could do the same thing, but it's yeah. a slightly different sound, a different feel. Different well, feel. Some people like, some people are Fender people, some people are, you know, yeah. Martin people, some people are Gibson people, whatever. Well, that's why I have one of each here. I, guess. <laughs> I, was just I, I like the inclusive We got a Fender, we got the Gibson. It's not diversity. You get diversity happening. Diversity, yes. It's all about the love. I would have been shocked if you had said you didn't use Pro Tools. Yeah, no, I'm not Pro Tools. Because... Coming from learning on real boards, where I'm sure you use tape when yeah. you first started, yeah. yep. that's the platform that feels the most yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that's why that's why we that's our first yeah. go to yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Because you know it felt the same. It, it just looked same, like the yeah. digital yeah. version of what we were already you doing. You see the, the channels on the tape. Exactly. You visualize the waveform. Exactly. Your 24 yeah. waveforms on your 24. It just was. It was the yeah. easiest patch bay in the world. Yes, yeah. of course. So, yes. Yeah. yes, please, please. <laughs> and the the, the, easy, the easiest splice. Yes, yeah. The, the oh my god, the easiest yeah. tape yeah. splice oh, ever. Oh, right. Ever. Yes. And, and, and I love the undo. Control Z. Control Z. Please, please keep that coming. That's right. Keep that coming. Yeah. Unlike the unlike the oh god. Oh god, I'm fired. Exactly. <laughs> uh oh. All right. Is um, there a back door that I can just get out right, and never right, come right. back to this studio? I just messed up the tape. Exactly. The only take that the they have. The only right, take right. that yes. they love. Yeah, you know, that's yes. terrible. Oh, that's, that's, you know, just. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're cutting that tape, like shaking, you know. Yeah. Looking around, right. and it's worse because you're shaking, and that little gillette you know, oh, you're shaking. Oh. You're gonna, it's gonna like a bite uh, on the tape. It's, oh my god, no, it's terrible. Or the mixing at the end where you've got to have eight people. Oh my god, right? Yeah, moving faders, yeah. moving, moving faders, faders. Up down, right? Faders. All right, you're writing the solo. Oh, really? Me, <laughs> me? How, how many dB? Okay, <laughs> what is a dB? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can please someone it's tell me what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's perfect. That. That's perfect. Yeah, so uh, the other thing that we talked about briefly when we got here that I'd love for you to share a little bit more about is the programs that you're involved here at NYU. Yeah. Yes. I, I just think that's so, it, it, it was so exciting hearing you talk about that. I would love for people to know about that. Because a lot of musicians think that, that going to school for music um, it, it isn't beneficial anymore that it because there's so much DIY stuff because there's so much availability on the internet you can take any class you want in on YouTube will show you there's you know Berkeley online there's you know why should I spend money going to NYU or right you, this program that you were talking about for me is exactly what why, why you want to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's two things that I'm involved in NYU. One of them is uh, I teach fundamentals of music technology for grads and undergrads, and that's like the the welcoming uh, subject for uh, for the students in the sense that uh, you know fundamentals, what is sound, what is uh, waveforms, uh, all the basic concepts. Uh, what is an EQ, what is a compressor, signal processing, what is time effects, uh, what is uh, dynamic range effects, you know? And right. uh, so the first half of the semester, when it comes to that class fundamental, I, I teach the students these basic concepts. But it's, uh, the second half of the semester, I teach them how to apply these concepts in their own uh, production. And what, what I do is that I divide the group in... Um, in groups of three or four people, you know, each group, and uh, I assign them to do a creative project, you know, and they they need to work on a musical composition and uh, record it, uh, mix it, master it, uh, first of all, compose it, 
And it could be for any application. It could, it could be for an album, it could be for a film, it could be for video games, it could be just for web content, uh, as long as it uh, requires music, you know? Right. One of the reasons is also because I give them that freedom because uh, music now, it's part of something bigger, you know? It's not like people used to go to, rec uh, people no. go to yeah. record stores to buy music. That doesn't happen anymore. People consume music while they're watching Netflix, right? Uh, right. Or while they're watching a show on HBO. Right, uh, right. That's one of the biggest ways of consuming music today. You Absolutely. know, and the people get stuck on a song for years because that's the song on your favorite show. So <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Not because you went to the store and buy no, it. Right, you right. might not even know who sings that song. Yeah. You know, but right. it's the background song of that love scene on that show that you love. Exactly. And every time you hear that song, oh, it reminds oh. you. So I give them the freedom to work either on a record or music for a film, TV, advertisement, etc. So I divide the, the let's say it's 20 students and I divide the group in, a, in a groups of three or four people. So in these little groups I make sure there's one person that is a, a composer or, or an instrumentalist, uh, one person that is a producer or a, or a uh, Uh, Pro Tools or Logic Expert, sure. another person that has A&R skills. So the idea is, since the, the group is so, so diverse, the idea is the one that is a composer, usually he doesn't know too much about Pro Tools. But in his group, there's a guy that is a Pro Tools head. But this guy doesn't know how to play the piano. So then right. they're going to interact, and they're going to learn from each other. Nice. One of the things that I try to encourage is collaboration. This is a collaboration industry. Yes. And that oh, you yeah. cannot learn via YouTube, that you cannot <laughs> learn in your bedroom no, or you in your can't. living room. Exactly. You know? Love that's the, beautiful. The, yes. the interaction with other creative minds is one of the things that is going to open the doors for you down the road as a professional. No? So that's one of the things I do in Fundamentals of Music Technology. The other class that I'm a part of right now, it's a class called Village Records, uh, in which I'm producer in residence. And that, I love this. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm oh, really excited about <laughs> this. This is amazing. Yeah. So that class is uh, part of the music business program in Steinhardt. And I co-teach that class with my colleague and good friend Carlos Chirinos, who's another Venezuelan, uh, oh. Venezuelan musician. Nice. Actually, he used to be the saxophone player for my band in Caracas no. when we were rehearsing at my basement. Are you kidding me? In the, in, the, in, the, in the library that you were yes, rehearsing he in? he was the saxophone player for that band in 20 years That's afterwards. Amazing. Then we meet in New York, and he was one of the ones who helped me also to get into the NYU. Problem, I right? love wow. that with the heat of a thousand suns. That yes. is just awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Relationships. Relationships again. Oh, so, yes. so then um, he teaches the, well, Village Records is a, a, a label that NYU created in order to develop independent artists. And uh, it's an educational label, mm -hmm. let's say. Mm -hmm. So uh, my friend Carlos, he teaches the, the classroom side of this, uh, of this uh, class uh, in which he teaches the students all about the music business, the A&R, the numbers, the release, the publishing, the copyrights. And the other side of that class happens in the studio in which I teach the students the production side of the class. So this happens in a way that, I mean, the way that this happens is the students select one independent artist at the beginning of the semester. You know, there's a pool of artists submitting their material. And they, they're not necessarily students. No, the artist is not part of NYU. Artist is not part of NYU. Artist is a local artist okay. uh, out there, independent artist doing their thing, playing at bars, playing at clubs. And okay. they submit their material. The students, let's say it's 20 students, They analyze the music. The students do the A&R work, let's okay. say, in the sense that they nice. they select the artist by listening to the music, analyzing the numbers, the social media, uh, analyzing the potential, uh, uh, and also the uh, the professionalism of the artist. You know, which yeah. is a big part. Huge. You, know? you could yeah. be really talented, but you also have to be ready to do this professionally. You know? Absolutely. So uh, the the group is divided. It, let's say it's 20 students, so we divide it in four groups. Uh, five students are going to take care of the sound recording. Five students are going to be video recording. Five students are going to be A&R. Five students are going to be press and publicity, you know? Yeah. 
So my friend Carlos, my colleague and friend Carlos, he's teaching in the classroom all of the business aspects of the, of the developing of, for the artist. And I'm in the studio produ actually producing the single for the artist with the students in the studio, you know, yeah. explaining to the students why are we are in this kind of beat, why are we selecting this kind of right. instrument, right. because it's for this kind of market. Why are we going for this market? Because the artist, his numbers and demographics show that this is his market. So it's an interaction between crea creativity and business, Absolutely. you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, full collaboration right. between all the students. Which is not evil. Huh? Collaborating between business and music is not evil. It's not no. a bad it, thing. It's heavenly. It's heavenly. It's heavenly. Because unless, oh. <laughs> unless you're trying to make music for your family and friends, yeah, right. that's cool. Which so they fine. don't get into the business. Right. But right. if you're trying to do it as a professional, you need to make sure that you know how to protect your work, how to, uh, how to promote your work, right. how to collaborate with other people. If you're an artist and you go into a meeting, you need to make sure you have the right vocabulary when you're talking to an executive, yes. when you're talking right. to a manager, right. when you're talking to a venue owner, you yes. know, and they right. ask you, okay, I'm going to pay you up front a little advance and I'm going to give you 20% of the door uh, against the tickets sold. All of these things, if you don't understand how the business works, you're going to be like, huh? I just play the guitar. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Right. And then you're going to lose opportunities and lose money yes. and maybe yeah. losing those kind of opportunities will make you at some point choose not to be a musician anymore Definitely. because you might be struggling just because you're missing opportunities because because you're not well informed or right. well prepared right. so uh, I think it's very important, uh, you know, especially today when all the lines are blurred. You know, yes. you see that oh, yeah. uh, you see that music. Like we were saying before, uh, uh, some songs are pushed because they are part of a show. Some songs are pushed because they are part of a brand. Yeah, you know, right. And uh, if you know a little bit about the music business, you would know that maybe instead of going to Sony Music and asking for an advance, maybe you can go to Target and sell them your song for their. Song Summer campaign. Yeah. You're gonna get more money than you're gonna get from Sony Music. You're gonna you could still be an independent artist right. and your song is instead of you playing a radio station to perform your song, tar Target or any other brand is gonna be paying you for them to play your song. Perfect. So, you know, if you understand a little bit of the ins and outs of the business, you're gonna be more prepared to really do this at a professional level and really protect your work and create uh, new opportunities and also know how to handle the opportunities that uh, present themselves to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So yeah, Absolutely. music and business. If you're if you're trying to do it professionally, <laughs> music and business. Definitely. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I just love that program. I just think that that's what a great example of a practical, a practical. Yeah you know marriage of music art business education yes. just really yeah. working together yes yes you have to you have to because otherwise uh, you know you're not going to be in control you know and if you're not in control you uh, you don't know the path that you want to take you know but if you have the tools both as a musician and as a business person you're going to be well round up uh, in order to go out there and try to make a living from music you know? absolutely well yeah. and you did you also said something that really <laughs> really struck me that I don't know that I've ever heard anybody articulate it that way, which is without that sort of foundational knowledge, you're going to find a lot of frustration. Yeah. And, right. and that frustration will build and it can get you to stop doing what you love. Yeah, just yeah. because you miss opportunities, because being disinformed yeah. or being not aware of how to plus put together two and two you know yeah. there are opportunities that are just there and sometimes we don't see them because I'm just thinking about playing the drums or the guitar right. yeah play the guitar but also read the book about business and also you know take that yeah. meeting with that potential manager right. but make sure you're gonna talk the right language when you're sitting in that meeting you know make yeah. sure you have the right tools to to come up with ideas and to discuss ideas and and be be daring, you know, be entrepreneurial, Absolutely. you know, and yes. think outside entrepreneurial. the box. Absolutely. Think outside the box, you yeah. know. Yes. And, uh, well, and know the difference between a bar gig and an original club gig, and you know, do you need to go on tour? You know, well, maybe you don't need to go on tour yet. Do I? Are you ready to record? 
do I need what? to do a ten, a ten song album or maybe I just do one single and the money I was gonna spend for the other ten song, for the other nine songs let me spend that money on promotion you know yes. I always tell the up and coming artists they come like yeah I wanna do a ten song album and I'm like okay but then you have the equivalent to those ten songs in money afterwards to promote those ten songs right, right. because otherwise I spent all my money in doing a beautiful album it's yep. a beautiful album I have it it's here gorgeous. And, and now what no, what do right. I do? So why don't we just do an EP, a five-song EP, right. and the money that you were going to spend on the second the second set of five songs, <laughs> use that money to promote these five songs. Because exactly. otherwise, you have just a, a work of art, but you don't have so, something right. that is commercially viable. You know, right. so unless you want to do it for family and friends, right. which is very noble. And, which is, uh, yeah. If you're going to do that, and you're going to frame it and put it on the wall. And, that's beautiful. And right, and send that's, it to yeah, mom and grandma and my friends. Yeah, you know, print a hundred copies. It's a very you know. expensive gift, but that's... Uh, right, right, right. Anything for family, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> right, but if you release a song, I mean, if you release an album into the woods, if an album is released in the woods, does anybody hear it? Does anybody well, care? Uh, not if there's not a promotional budget. You know, yeah, maybe mom, you know. Right, friends, right, you know, right. You know, all the dear, yeah. close friends, right. you know, but uh, like you said, it's a very expensive gift, you know. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's going to get you to a point that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to stop making music. I just spent right. 50 grand on this album and right. nothing's happened. Nothing really. happened. So look, why don't we just do five songs, an EP, and the, the money for the other five songs, let's spend it on a nice video, let's spend it on a PR campaign, let's yes. spend it on some social media advertisement, right. and let's spend it on, you know, giving a, a manager a little fee so he can start getting you some gigs. Because one of the problems is that no, no booking agent or manager wants to take on an on a up-and-coming artist because managers and booking agents make their money uh, through a percentage. So if you have no career yet, I'm going to get the percentage of nothing. of nothing. So I have no way of, of paying my bills as a manager if I'm trying to develop an up-and-coming artist. Right. You know? So the first few months of that partnership with a new manager and an up-and-coming artist, the up-and-coming artist probably is going to have to pay a little management fee yeah. until things get you know until the right. things take off and then that management fee disappears and now the manager can start getting 20% of my gigs you know? I love I love that you bring that up because I think that the misconception and it comes from movies and it comes from folklore and it comes is that well if a manager believes in me enough he's just going to do it and know that he can get the money on the yeah. other end but that's not the industry. It could happen, you it, know, but, but, it's, but it's the exception. It's like the people, how many, yeah, the, the humans have been to the moon, you know, <laughs> but how many? Right, well, right. <laughs> you know? Right. It yes. happens. It, it, happens. Does, it, it does, does happen. happen. It does Human happen. beings have been on the moon. Right. But how many? Like, not how many? a lot of them. Not right. a lot of exactly. them. Exactly. You know? So, yes, yeah. it does happen. It is a beautiful story. Maybe it's a little extreme. The moon example is a, a, a bit extreme. I, yeah, uh, is it? Yeah. Is it, though? Really? I'm not sure. Uh, at the, but I think it really portrays uh, the, yes. the, the, the odds. You Absolutely. Know? The odds. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, I love that yeah. example. That's no, perfect. And, and of course, it doesn't mean just find any manager who will take no, your money and no, go. No, no, but, no. but if there's somebody who is a, who believes in you, who knows what they're doing, who's a valuable asset to your team, and there's a fee involved, just like with recording, you just need to like, pay for it, yeah. right? Yes. Just like with a lawyer, yes. just like with and a specific industry lawyer, not just not, any lawyer, Nobody's not your uncle Timmy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like no. an industry lawyer, but uncle Timmy is good. Man. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. unless uncle Timmy is an industry lawyer, then <laughs> great. That's yeah. yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I, I, I love that, and it is something that people don't talk about enough. That it's you're much smarter to record one song, two songs, five songs, and spend right. the budget that you were gonna spend on the rest for promotion. For promotion. It's something that we talk about all the time. For yeah. promotion, for, I like that you included social media. The that, video. The video, the video. right. The video, this is a YouTube uh, era, you know. Music gets consumed through YouTube more than uh, Spotify, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, it is important then to have your music video in place uh, because music again is part of something bigger now right yeah music is not only music itself music is attached to a video is attached to a movie is attached to a commercial so it yeah. is important. It's attached to an experience at a, when you walk into a store yes right, right? You're walking you, in the mall you walk listening. into a coffee shop and you know that the, you know this coffee shop plays this kind of music and this one it it 
it's what we it's our vibe yeah. it's it's yeah. A, it is the soundtrack literally yeah. Yeah. of the li- of our life now yeah. well and yeah. as an artist if you if you have a song that's in a in a commercial or in a show or in a you know that's being played in in stores or whatever there's ways that you can make sure that you reach people who dig you yeah. you know what i mean right. with facebook advertising or all kinds of there's all kinds of different opportunities yeah. to find those people that that to love create, that too. Create your own following. To yeah. create, yes. to create an experience and and get to those people and make sure that they know it's yeah. you and and then build a relationship with them just like we would with everything else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So well, that's perfect. Well, it's per- I love the social media part because that's literally how we first got to to yeah. know you. Right? Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I think I started so. stalking you on uh, on Instagram, <laughs> and then we got to meet you in person. It was less creepy. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and then eventually, you were like, all right, okay. Exactly. Uh, now we're here. I, oh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. The first time we met in person was at the billboards was it the a couple billboards? of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years yeah. ago. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah but I, I know we've been Facebook friends or Instagram yeah, exactly, friends for exactly. a while. And just sort of that, commenting yeah. on each other's pictures. And, yeah, and, yeah. and that's what, what's great about that is I didn't do that so that you would be a guest on our podcast. Do you know what I mean? I did that because I saw you in a picture with somebody else. It might have been actually a writing camp. Uh-huh. With, I think it uh, was. In Miami that Al Culver went to. Oh, yeah. yeah that and, was a BMI writing camp. Yeah. Yes. And, and I was like, oh, who's this guy? Wow. Holy cow. He does all kinds of cool stuff. I got to follow him. And then saw what was going on and, and legitimately would comment on things because I thought it was cool, not because I was trying to get anything from you. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what but I mean? But it worked. But it worked. <laughs> but eventually, we got you to be on the show. Yeah, so, yeah. No, we're no, here, no but the, and it's so funny that that is, and that's what's cool about the, the about social media is that it, it is it's not a substitute for in-person interaction but it is like a cool an introduction area yeah. 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 it's like to, an to introduction be, exactly yeah. in another era you would have sent me a fax you know and said <laughs> <laughs> exactly say right. Mr. Lozada you know? we've been following your career for quite some time exactly we love, would love to have you on our show exactly. or right. congratulations for that picture that you posted uh, right right you know so yeah, I think it's just an introduction you know and then yeah. There's a lot of useless stuff on social media also. There, oh, so oh, it's is. up sure. to us to filter and to to curate yeah, uh, yeah, who yeah. comes into our circle in social media, yes. you know. But definitely it's a big way to introduce ourselves to the world and also to, to yeah. receive information from oh. from outer out from the outer space. You know? Absolutely. And, and to keep learning because that's certainly like we were talking about earlier with the board, you know yeah. what I mean? There's you're never gonna stop learning. Oh, There's yeah. never gonna yeah. be a time when you're done. When no. you know it all. No, no, no. Thank goodness I don't need to learn anything anymore. Yeah, I can die now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, literally, I mean, that's... Well, yeah, yeah, that's when you're done learning. Yeah, even, Take your last breath even, and you're done learning. Even, you know, I've been using Pro Tools, I think, maybe for 20 years already, and I still don't know. I think I still don't even know half of it. Oh, well, right, right. There's so right. many corners and so many things, even though I'm a shortcut freak. You yes. Know? I, don't, I don't use the mouse to, no? right, to right. go to the menu up there. It's all shortcuts. Yeah. But there's so many stuff that I don't know. You yeah. know, sometimes I see other people work. Sometimes even my, my assistant engineers, you know, they're 20 years younger. Younger than I am, right. so they work at a different speed, and I'm like, huh? That's a what? What was that? What was that? Whoa, 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 That shortcut was amazing. What's, what's going on there? What's going? On? And the guy's like, mm, <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. No, they're, yeah, they're great. I'm actually uh, one of my assistant engineers right now. It's a, a guy from China. His name is uh, Li Hai. And uh, he hasn't graduated from his master's yet, and he won De Pensado's mixing competition, you know? So... Wow. 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 Yes, he just won a few months. I was with him in the studio in NYU, and he's like, well, check this out. He received the email. You have been, you're, you're the winner of the De Pensado's international mixing competition. He hasn't graduated yet. Um, he's, he, he graduated right, from his bachelor's, but he hasn't yeah. done, finished his master's yet. And wow. he already won De Pensado's mixing competition so imagine the level that the, yes. the, the future that oh, this yeah. kid, this kid has you know he's yeah, great lehigh hello to you that's bro. right thank yes. you for everything i'm gonna be looking for your stuff yeah <laughs> looking for your yeah, stuff. yeah. yeah I, I get you lehigh so they can yeah, interview yeah, yeah, you yeah. too exactly exactly <laughs> and that's one of the things you know one of the reasons also for me to move to new york you know oh, like, yeah. having yeah. having to uh, the opportunity to work with people from china from india from singapore from europe uh, latinos uh, they're, 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 it's endless you know just the, the, so so that doesn't only feed the diversity uh, thing the multicultural collaboration right but also you know the the creativity and also the tech aspect of things you know uh, 
each of us uses Pro Tools or the board in different ways, you know. Right. So it's it's a uh, never-ending learning process, you know, yeah. when you interact with people from different parts of the world. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so I, I feel like before we before we stop, before we get to the end, I I'd love to ask, what's going, what's new for you? What are you excited about that's coming up? What either in your life or in your career or in the industry or, or some, yeah, what's I don't know, man. So so much stuff, man. Yeah, we're gonna need to do another interview for All that. All right, we're good. We're <laughs> in. All right, roll we're in. in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, you know, it's been a year since I'm in New York, so I'm just like, uh, like waking up in New York. I received my new console a few months, maybe six months ago. Yeah, you yeah. know, and. Uh, uh, you guys have noticed that lately I've been doing lots of interviews and yes. trying to trying to get my name out there. Like, okay, now I'm here in New York, and uh, it there are so many exciting things. You know, Grammys are back in New York. Hopefully, next year they will yes. be back in New York. Um, and uh, my first year here in New York, and uh, I was nominee this January with Los Amigos Invisibles for the best. Uh, uh, alternative Latin album, you know. So that was a great way yes. to land in New York, oh, you know, yeah, going to the absolutely. Grammys in Madison Square Garden. That's not, know, a, bad that's not a bad that's night. That's not a bad it's, night. It's not a bad yeah. landing in New York. Yeah, so no, definitely not. We are currently working on their up and uh, upcoming album. Um, nice. They still working on videos for El Paradise, which is the album that got nominee. Uh, but we started already working on on the new album. Uh, I co-wrote with them two songs, and Fantastic. one of the songs that I co-wrote with them might be the new single for the up upcoming album you know so Great. that's exciting yeah um, of course the collaboration with NYU we're looking to expand the collaboration of Village Records um, we're trying to turn that into it is an educational project but now I'm trying to find ways to turn it also into something that could have a commercial output you know yeah. because yeah. some of the some of these projects that come out of there as out of being great as educational projects, they have great commercial potential, and the artists wa want to give continuity to it, you know? Yeah, right, right. The semester is over, and then the artist is like, okay, so can we do more songs, or can we follow up on this, can we? Right. So I'm looking for ways now to to bring different uh, industry people. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that my record label is distributed by Sony Music Worldwide. No, I didn't, I know, didn't that. know that. So yes, I have a record label, Sonic Projects Records, is distributed uh, by Sony Music, and my publishing company is uh, under Peer Music. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Sonic Melodies and Sonic Projects Music Publishing. I have two publishing companies with Peer Music, um, one of them is to sign my own songs, and one of them is to sign third-party writers. You know? gotcha. Oh, nice. So you definitely want to keep those separate, your own work yes. from third-party writers for legal purposes Absolutely. and for creative purposes. Right, you know? right. But, uh, yes, I'm just landing in New York, so I'm very excited for the future, you know, both in music and education. Uh, so I'll keep you posted, guys. There's a All lot right. of things cooking right now, and uh, I'll keep you posted. Hopefully we can do a follow-up. I love it. Yes, we'll do a follow-up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then keep it going. You guys are in Boston, so it's just a couple of hours away. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe next yeah. time I'll go visit you up there. Sure. And uh, of course, the educational side of things is very exciting. I'm going to be going soon to uh, Cali, Colombia to do uh, a conference at the University of Cali. Oh, uh, music production is going to be a conference for uh, 1,500 students. And uh, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of exciting things and uh, working with local artists here in New York and uh, working with uh, artists also from Australia right now with Juliana from Australia. She's a pure music writer from the Australia office, you know. Wow. So one of the things of being in New York is that now I'm uh, getting to work with artists from London, from France, yes. from right. Australia. Right. You know, it's right. a it's more of a global approach right. now to music. Yeah. You know? So yeah, there's a lot of exciting things. I'll keep you guys posted. Some of these you're gonna have to edit because they're it's, still in yes. the work. We don't even know, <laughs> right? We don't, yeah. So but yeah, very yeah. excited for the future. Yes. Fantastic. That's so great. One, yeah. Mr. Sonic, thank oh, you so much. Thank you so much for thank doing this with us. And uh, remember, for you guys, you got this. We got your back. We got it.